Open the podcast bay doors, hell. Welcome to the very first episode of Welcome to Geek Town. My name's Kurt Onstead, and I've been a geek all my life. Reading comics, playing board games and role-playing games, and all sorts of other geeky activities for basically as long as I can remember. And I'd like to help other people get into those hobbies as well. But I've found that sometimes people can get overwhelmed or feel ostracized because they don't already have what some consider the requisite knowledge to be considered a fan. And that's where Welcome to Geek Town comes in. Here, you can ask your questions without feeling like you're being singled out or not part of the group. In future episodes, right here is where I'll be reading emails from listeners on previous episodes, but since I don't have any of those so far, let's jump right in, shall we? My non-comic book reading friends will sometimes ask me questions about DC Comics characters, like, how strong is Superman? And I'll have to respond, well, that depends. Pre-crisis or post-crisis? Since so many other questions about the DC Universe and their characters depend on what time period you're talking about, I thought I'd make this first episode about the different eras and how they relate. It turns out the history of the DC Universe is a complicated one, with hard reboots, soft reboots, and other continuity tweaks along the way. Let's go over the basics of those. In later episodes, I'm sure we'll go into more detail on specific periods, but for now, an overview. In the beginning, there was one Earth, but not Earth-1. That would come later. Don't worry, you'll get that joke by the end of the episode. The DC Universe basically got started when Superman first appeared in Action Comics No. 1, published in 1938. With the success of that book, a huge influx of superheroes then appeared. This time period is generally referred to as the Golden Age. At first, there was not a lot, if any, cross-continuity between the characters. However, that changed in 1940 with All-Star Comics number 3 and the introduction of the Justice Society of America. Now it was established that all the major characters knew each other, although in the first issue they only sat around the table and told each other about their own solo adventures. It wasn't until later issues that they would actually team up. Included in the Justice Society, or JSA, either as regulars or honorary members, were characters like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Green Lantern, Hawkman, and others. However, some of these characters are not the ones you would recognize from TV and movies today. By the late 40s and early 50s, the superhero boom started to die out. 
for reasons that we can go into in a different episode. Only a few holdouts like Superman and Batman were still published regularly. However, a new creative boom was just around the corner. In 1956, Showcase number 4 came out, starring The Flash. However, this was not the Golden Age Flash, aka Jay Garrick. This was a new character named Barry Allen. He had a completely different costume and origin story, though his powers were much the same. This was the beginning of the Silver Age. Many other characters from DC were revamped at this time, and the DC Universe was started anew. However, the Golden Age versions were not forgotten. In 1961, The Flash number 123 had a story called Flash of Two Worlds, where Barry Allen, the Silver Age Flash, met his Golden Age counterpart, Jay Garrick. The world that Barry lived on and Jay's world were two separate Earths, separated by the vibrational frequency of their atoms. Barry used his super speed to accidentally vibrate at the other Earth's frequency, introducing him to the Golden Age Flash. Because the newer Flash was the one being currently published, his world was named Earth-1, with the world of Golden Age heroes now dubbed Earth-2. I told you you'd get that joke later. The two worlds crossed over on a fairly regular basis, usually in a story named Crisis on Earth, followed by a number or a letter. And other worlds were also introduced, some with alternative versions of the known characters, like Earth-3, where heroes were villains and vice versa, or worlds with whole new characters, like Earth-X. These new characters were mostly the result of DC buying out failing comic book companies and adding their characters to DC's growing roster. By the 1980s, there were literally dozens of Earths, although only a few had actually been named. It was time for a cleanup. By 1985, the comic book market had changed dramatically. Instead of being bought at grocery stores and convenience stores as impulse buys, comics were being specifically sought out at direct market comic book stores. This new type of reader was more interested in the continuity of the characters and their adventures. Long-standing characters like Superman and Batman had had their origin stories told and retold, with subtle and not-so-subtle changes each time. Some of these could be chalked up to taking place on an alternate Earth, but fans wanted to know which one was, quote, real. And the DC higher-ups wanted to simplify things for potential new readers, and so Crisis on Infinite Earths was born. The actual story of Crisis on Infinite Earths can, and possibly one day will, be an entire episode in and of itself. But to sum it up, many of the known Earths were destroyed, with a few surviving and being combined into one single Earth. Now all of these characters existed together, although many of the Golden Age heroes were now retired, having had their heyday during World War II. Following Crisis, we got new beginnings for some of the major DC characters. Superman got a miniseries called Man of Steel, one of Superman's many nicknames, which gave the new definitive origin story and re-established Superman as the only surviving Kryptonian. He was also depowered down from the juggling planets level of strength he had gotten to, back to being super strong and having other powers, but a much more relatable level. Batman's origin was told in Batman Year One. 
a storyline that ran in the regular Batman title. And Wonder Woman started over with a new number one issue that established her as a new hero having just arrived on the shores of man's world. The new history that was established is now known as post-crisis. Obviously, everything before that story was now pre-crisis. We call this a hard reboot, as everything that has passed is no longer considered to be part of canon. While it was established that there was only one DC universe, writers were still able to occasionally tell stories that were outside of continuity. These stories were labeled as Elseworlds. Some of the more well-known examples include the alternate future storyline of Kingdom Come and the Red Rain stories where Batman is turned into a vampire. But none of these stories were considered canon in any way and never interacted with the post-crisis continuity as had happened in the past with other alternate Earths. This was the status quo for about a decade or so. However, with hundreds of writers over the years on dozens of different ongoing titles, there were bound to be some continuity errors along the way. And so a new crisis came along. But since there were no longer multiple Earths, this was a crisis in time. The full title of the miniseries is Zero Hour, A Crisis in Time, so that DC could continue denoting major changes with Crisis. However, most people just call it Zero Hour. Unlike the result of Crisis on Infinite Earths, most of history stayed the same, just with some minor tweaks here and there. Thus, this is a soft reboot for the main DC universe. The one team majorly affected by Zero Hour was the Legion of Superheroes. The Legion, as is currently being seen in Supergirl, is a 30th or 31st century team of teenagers who were inspired by the now thousand-year-old legend of Superboy to become heroes. They even time-traveled back to meet Superboy and bring him along on many of their adventures. However, post-crisis, Clark Kent had never been Superboy. He didn't start being a superhero until his 20s and established himself as Superman. So, some hand-waving was done at the time, establishing the Legion as taking place in a, quote, pocket universe. But with Zero Hour, the Legion was given a hard reboot, and their story started over from the very beginning, this time with no Superboy. While Zero Hour didn't change a lot for the mainstream DC Universe, it's still considered to be one of the major crossovers for the company, and can still be referenced today, especially in the Green Lantern stories, as the Silver Age Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, was a major player in the plot. The single Earth version of the DC Universe continued all the way pretty much as is until 2006-2007. In 2006, Infinite Crisis was released, not to be confused with Crisis on Infinite Earths. A follow-up miniseries titled 52 came out, focusing on some of the lesser-known heroes, as the story takes place in the year, or 52 weeks, after Infinite Crisis. This was released as an ambitious weekly series, running, you guessed it, 52 issues long. In this book, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman were retired for varying reasons, allowing characters like Booster Gold, Steel, and Renee Montoya to take the spotlight. The conclusion to that series revealed that in the wake of Infinite Crisis, 52 Earths had been created, originally identical to one another, but quickly altered so that each has their own history. 
This recreated the multiverse, with the mainstream books taking place on New Earth, aka Earth Zero, and each of the remaining 51 Earths being radically different. Some of the Earths were nearly identical to their pre-crisis counterparts, such as Earth 2, while others were either taken from popular Elseworlds titles, or again were the result of DC having purchased the rights to characters previously owned by another company. However, this is also considered a soft reboot because the history of New Earth was basically the same as the post-crisis slash post-zero-hour continuity. That is, until the new 52. After 52's success, DC released two more weekly series, each 52 issues long, with diminishing returns. However, 52 was now established as an important number in DC mythology. So when DC announced The New 52 coming in 2011, comic fans knew it would be big. But little did we know how big. A series called Flashpoint led into The New 52. In that storyline, Barry Allen, aka The Flash, went back in time to prevent his mother's death at the hands of Reverse Flash. Fans of the Flash TV show will recognize this story. However, time got messed up and created a whole new timeline where Superman was not to be found, Atlantis was at war with the Amazons, and Thomas Wayne, Bruce's father, became Batman to avenge his son's death rather than the other way around. When Flash tried to fix this, someone else came in and messed with time, merging three Earths together and creating the new 52 Earth. In terms of publishing, some titles were cancelled, some were created, and starting in September 2011, DC released 52 titles, each starting from number one. This was a hard reboot. It was established that the heroes of the DC Universe had been around for about five years, with their backstories being told mostly in flashback or in titles taking place entirely in the past including Action Comics and Justice League. Costumes were redesigned, histories were changed. Nothing was how anyone remembered it. Except two. Green Lantern and Batman's issues pre-New 52 were being written by very popular authors Jeff Johns and Grant Morrison, respectively. So while their books did start over with new number ones, the storylines pretty much continued as is. And so Batman despite only being active as a vigilante for five years, has had four Robins, including an eight-year-old son whose mother is one of Batman's villains. And the Green Lantern Ring has somehow been in the hands of four different people in five years. And, as mentioned earlier, Zero Hour is still an important part of that book's continuity. It's a little confusing. For the most part, online fan reaction has been fairly negative against the new 52 reboot. So perhaps it's not too surprising that now we're experiencing a rebirth. Some of the characters who are missing from the new 52 continuity have made their way back, and we're slowly discovering that the person or entity that created the new 52 world back in Flashpoint did so by taking Earth Prime and taking away bits of time. Ten years, to be precise. As the storyline plays out, more and more of the pre-New 52 continuity is being returned, albeit somewhat haphazardly. As of this podcast, the miniseries Doomsday Clock is coming out, 
and seems to be promising some explanations for all of this, while at the same time bringing in the characters from the famous Watchmen graphic novel into the mainstream DC universe. How this ends up, and whether or not we're in store for another reboot, hard or soft, remains to be seen. So to sum up, your basic time zones for the DC universe are pre-crisis, with a golden and a silver age, post-crisis, post-zero hour, post-52, the new 52, aka post-flashpoint, and rebirth. However, for hard reboots only, it's just pre-crisis, post-crisis, and the new 52. Now, if this has piqued your interest in any of these stories, please visit www.welcome2geektown.com. In the show notes, I'll have links to purchase on Amazon some of the stories mentioned here, and if you purchase anything through that link, it won't cost you any extra, but I'll get a small cut that will help cover the costs of hosting and bandwidth. If you have questions you'd like me to cover in future episodes, or you'd like to, well, actually, me, please send me an email at welcome to geektown that time it's all spelled out, at gmail.com. You can also check us out on facebook.com slash welcome to geektown or twitter at geektown podcast. In the meantime, please subscribe and give me a review, preferably five stars, over on iTunes to help other people find the show so we can all tell them, welcome to geektown. Welcome to Geek Town is written, narrated, edited, and produced by me, Kurt Onstead. Theme music by Aaron Lovitz. Logo art by Archie Santana.